This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Hey, hi, ho, everybody. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Dorn's going good, pretty good, too. He told me he's having a good day. We really appreciate you being here today. We're, we're going to be happy to be hanging out together. Uh, I'm excited about today's show. we got a great guest. We're going to have a fun conversation. We have a legacy brand out there. It's been around for a very long time. Most people probably don't realize that. We're going to get into that a little bit. But before we do, let's introduce, say hello to our guest. Please, everybody, give it up for the Senior VP of Produce at UNFI, Dorn Winninger. Dude, welcome. Glad you're hey, here. Hey, Todd. Thanks. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. That's Dude, it's totally my pleasure. I'm excited about this because UNFI, like I said, is a legacy brand. It's been around a really, really long time. I look forward to talking about that because UNFI back in the day was a bobtail and uh, probably a very large lack of direction at one point and a lot of other things. And it's manifested into something that's far greater than that, which we'll get into. But before we do, like I do with every one of my guests, would you be so kind as to kind of tell everybody a little bit about your journey in bio and who the hell you are? Sure, Todd. Um, I've been at this produce thing for uh, over 30 years. So uh, I spent the first half of my career as a grower shipper. I had the luxury of working with some of the big brands. Um, you know, back in the 90s, I started with Chiquita Bananas and spent nine years with them. Um, then I worked for Driscoll Strawberries. Um, probably one of the great mentors in all of produce was Miles Ryder. The owner of Driscoll's was my oh, advisor, spent six years with them. And so my first half of my career was as a grower shipper. And then the second half of my career um, in the retail side. So I spent 11 years with Walmart, um, six of those in the United States and five of them running uh, fresh for, for 2,500 stores in Mexico. And a year and a half ago, um, I had the honor of coming over to UNFI. So that's the role of my, I'm in now, leading produce uh, for UNFI. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get it. Let's get everybody up to speed. People see, you know, hear UNFI, hear UNFI, UNFI, but, you know, let's get into really what UNFI is first and foremost, and then we'll talk a little bit about how it started, how big it is and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, UNFI in some ways, Todd, it flies below the radar. People yeah. aren't quite sure what, what it is. Um, and to be honest, I was one of those people as well. You know, it goes back to Michael Funk, our founder in the mid 90s. And it really was starting out as part of this early nascent um, natural foods industry. And um, it, it built itself up over a bunch of mergers and started small merged um, with multiple companies that has a history of that, um, and then got larger and larger in the produce world. And it got Albert's Organics, which was the name that was known. And then, of course, five years ago, UNFI acquired Super Value, and that's when it doubled in size, right. um, become a, a large national player, not just on the natural side, which is our, our roots and our heritage, to now servicing um, retailers across the entire gamut. It's amazing. You think back to the day and I, you know, my gray hair, very evident in the pictures of everything, but you know, Michael Funk, I can remember talking with Michael, you know, when he was the only guy, you know, like I said, I, I was sharing with this you earlier. It's like there was one bobtail and, and everybody had one eye open in the dark trying to figure out which way the door was. And it was crazy back then, but it's amazing what was built and how it is scaled. And I think a lot of people probably don't realize this. I think this is such a cool call out. That as an individual, if you lived on your block, you could co-op with, you know, four or five of your neighbors. And at that time, mountain people, right, they would drive a semi truck onto your street and drop a pallet on your, literally drop a pallet on your street. The neighbors would all scurry out, 
grab all their shit and then take it all home. That's what we did in my house for years and years and years. It's a trip at the way that they built a business really so differently because it was really about the customer, the end customer, like literally my neighborhood had a co-op and the business has now grown just unbelievable. So how big is UNFI today just for people to get the scale? I mean, you're a publicly traded company, so it's not a big secret. Yeah, we're publicly traded. So UNFI as an organization is approaching 30 billion with a B. So yeah, Todd, that's that's a big number in, in my world. And um, we probably service about 30,000 independent rooftops or retailers every single week. Um, there's over 30,000 associates, um, dozens of distribution centers scattered across the United States. In the world of fresh, uh, we service out of 20 distribution centers um, across the United States. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's just a trip to see. So talk a little bit about what your role is specifically now, if you wouldn't mind. Just give me a little 411 on what you're up to and what you have to, you know, all the cats you have to herd Monday through Friday and Saturday yeah, and know, Sunday. At cocktail parties, I tell people I sell bananas. Um, yeah. And of course, that's that's what we do. So um, I lead produce for UNFI. And so that would include um, all of our sourcers replenishment, um, our quality control associates in our DCs, and literally 100 plus people that are out supporting thousands of independent retailers um, every week. Unbelievable. So how big, you know, of that 30 billion number, how much, you know, how much, how big is produce? How many boxes do you move here? Get some perspective to everybody. Cause it's, you know, it's not a pallet anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in the, it's in the billions. And um, so it, we, we move tens of millions of cases of produce. Um, so it, it's a big number. Uh, UNFI at our scale, we absolutely have the buying and selling power of um, equivalent large national retailers yeah. um, that people kind of know the brands, but but UNFI is behind the scenes. Um, and unless you know, you see that truck like the one behind you, you start to pay attention. But um, generally, uh, we fly below the radar, but our scale would be similar to that of a, of a large national retail. retail yeah. And, and you guys do everything too. I mean, you guys are you're doing dairy, frozen, center store, produce. The entire grocery store is a part of your portfolio of how you represent companies. And it's it's just a super powerful tool, especially for small, you know, especially for small independent retailers that want to have a footprint, that want to be able to do stuff and want to be able to grow and, and satisfy consumers' needs. I mean, you guys are kind of that one-stop shop opportunity for them, which is, I'm sure, very much appreciated by a whole lot of folks, especially given your success. Obviously, it's working, but it's such a meaningful thing today with logistics being as hard as they are. And everything else, and that kind of my, that thought leads me to my next question with you. You know, you mentioned coming out of Walmart, right? You come out of the big W, couple of stores. I mean, Walmart. What do you got? Like you got like eleven stores or something like that. I know it's not very many, but you know, at that point, you really were. But you were one retailer, right? Yeah, you were one retailer with a shitload of stores, no two as well. But now at UNFI, you're like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of retailers. That had to be a really big challenge to try to adapt to in your mindset, I would think, because, you know, you're playing to multiple masters. Can you touch on that a little bit about that change for you? Yeah, absolutely. So at, at Walmart, Walmart US has over 5,500 stores. And so absolutely scale. It was an honor. And I and I really look back uh, and I'm proud of what I achieved there. And so one of the things about this role is exactly what you said, Todd, is these are literally hundreds of independently owned retailers. And so while in some ways, much of my job is the same, Todd, I, I'm buying from all the major suppliers, from all the major geographies sure. at scale on a national level, um, the replenishment side, the QA side is all the same. Um, but then in, 
on the other side, it's it's sales to retailers as opposed to controlling the retailers themselves. And um, that's got pros and cons to it. Yeah. Um, in some sense, it's a challenge, Todd, because of course you have all these people that want to make a decision. But over the last year and a half, it has been so fun to literally walk dozens and dozens of stores. And what you see is the independent retailer tends to outcompete and on the store level on the micro basis. In particular, yeah. during COVID time, you know how hard it's been for labor for all of us, right? Sure. And, and, and it's been hard for the independent retailer and the large retailer. But what you see is that entrepreneur spirit, that, that store owned, that owns uh, anywhere from two to 10 stores, they absolutely have done a better job managing through that and continuing to service their customers. Um, so it's been a real pleasure. So in some ways, if I can do my part and hold up our end of providing scale and economies of scale and efficiencies mm -hmm. to allow those independent retailers to compete favorably, they are absolutely outperforming on the individual store level. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% .9 of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. Yeah, 100%. And you see it all around the country. I think it's been that way for a very long time. And I think we lose sight of that. Sometimes we have a, a tendency to, to make a grocery store experience list-centric. How fast can I get in? How fast I can get out? But you're right. You go to some of these independent retailers, and they work really hard on making that entire experience from the time you walk into the store to the time that you walk out, literally that, an experience. And I think it's something that we've got to go back. And I encourage people to go and look at these independents sometimes and, 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 and don't get so caught up that they're going to be so, you think they're expensive and these narratives that you're living in the back of your head, go check them out for what they are. And they're really worthwhile, without a doubt. What Absolutely. do you think, what do you think though, um, you know, because of the fact you have, you know, multiple masters, for lack of a better word, how do you work to keep everybody happy? Because, you know, you've got hundreds of people making demands, right? You, it, whereas a single retailer, it's like, okay, here's, here's where the boat's going to go. And now you have all these other people with different visions and plans and what they want to achieve. How do you work to keep everybody happy in your role? Because that's got to be a challenge, too. Yeah, Todd, it's <laughs> funny. You know, you can visit 12 produce department managers and each one of them will tell you what is the best brand or supplier of iceberg lettuce. Right. And, and you'll, get, you'll get six different answers when you talk to the 12 of them. And, and, here's, and of course, that can be a challenge. But, but the spirit of it all, Todd, is what they really want. They believe that is the best supplier of iceberg because they are looking for freshness and quality. Right. So um, one of the things that I've fallen back on is while you have different masters, if you're true to the intent of what the consumer is looking for, 
and she'll tell you, she'll say it in her own words, but what she really wants is freshness and quality. She wants it yeah. to last in their home. And yeah. so if you focus the conversation less about around which is the best supplier of iceberg lettuce mm-hmm. and more about how can we get you fresh iceberg at the size that you want and the spec that you want and at the value that your consumers are getting value in fresh product, um, that's, that's where it really wins. <laughs> Hundred percent. I, I I firmly believe that that consumers will always remember the quality and always forget the price, um, and I think that's such an important thing to remember. But how do you balance that though? I mean, you know, from the buy side of it, I mean, that's got to be because to your point, we'll we'll just stick down the iceberg trail and let's just stick with organic iceberg. There's not one guy out there that's going to produce enough iceberg iceberg to fulfill your customer base. Period. You know, I mean, because it's just the scale of the business and what it is. So there's got to be that balancing act that you all have to work through. I mean, that had to be a bit of a challenge, too, in some ways, I would imagine. Yeah, at, at, absolutely. You know, our supply base is pretty broad. When you're buying a, tens of millions of cases, yeah. um, we, we have uh, lots of suppliers. Um, one of the things that you've seen, though, Todd, is the organic supply base has matured over the last 20 years. For it's sure it has. Impressive. And there's been really two... Um, parallel paths that has made this happen. Number one is the, the the large conventional, better known category leaders on suppliers have all slowly moved into organic. Um, so one is your main suppliers of conventional are also able to supply. And the other thing that we've seen is a real professionalization of the organic industry. You know, um, they are using world-class techniques. Um, these mm-hmm. are awesome farmers that have pioneered techniques that are being used in conventional, which is really beautiful. That's the intent of this, right? Make for a sustainable ground. And so, uh, we, we still try to support small farmers as much as sure. we can. Absolutely, on a local level, we are working with individual smaller farmers. Um, but overall, the supply base has gotten much more mature. And um, in any given category, you'd be surprised. You can work with a small number of people. And fortunately, um, through the, the heritage of Albert's Organics, we have these longstanding relationships that go back literally uh, two dozen years. And, oh, easily. Um, a world-class group that uh, UNIFI continues to over-index in organics, and, um, and we're bullish and, and will continue down that path. Yeah, Albert Albert is a legend in this industry. There's no two ways about it. And what a grinder he was. But a lot of learned a lot of lessons when I was a punk kid from him. Things to do, things not to do as well. But he was uh, he he certainly built quite an empire. There's no two ways about it. Talk to me a little bit because you know you were um, a little bit of a unicorn in the fact that you made a job switch in the middle of this thing they call the pandemic. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but it was going on at the same time you switched jobs. So I got to ask, what are some of the lessons you learned from that? And what are some of the unexpected lessons you learned from that? Because truthfully, that had to be a bit crazy. Todd, it wasn't just a job change. I was living in Mexico City at the time. So I, <laughs> I crossed international borders during quarantine periods with a family of four during a global <laughs> pandemic. Um, and, just another and was- Tuesday at UNFI. Absolutely. You know, amazing. Uh, I, I've, I've been working for, for 30 years and um, I have never accepted a job where I personally had never met the people face to face. And that absolutely happened. So yeah. my, my interviews were happening with me in Mexico and interviewing um, with my boss. I had not met my boss face to face 
um, until I uh, started in the job, which is a little unique. Um, of course, we've all gotten better at it. If you would have said that when we were young guys, Todd, you would have said, no way, impossible. You wouldn't yeah. accept a senior role uh, in, in a large organization without meeting them. Um, you know, I guess one of the most important things for me is um, to be passionate about the product. This is produce. This is what I love. I've been doing it for 30 years. Um, number two is the values of the people or the organization. And yeah. you know, UNFI, the cool thing is, is just its credentials. It's just, it's part of UNFI's uh, DNA. I mean, uh, natural is our middle name. And that is absolutely what I was focused on and, and really happy that it's been true to the intent of, of what the organization says it was. But it, it absolutely was a challenge. It's fun to be out there now. The good thing about retail though, at least, is the stores have always stayed open. And yeah. so even though during pandemic, um, I've been out there since day one, uh, visiting with our customers and our retailers and watching it all happen um, on the sh- on the store floor, which is cool. Well, you know, you, you, you said something and I got to come around. It's a conversation I've had several times with people. Can you imagine going through this pandemic without the technology available to us today? Can you imagine doing it without email or Zoom? You know, think about it. I mean, our world has completely changed how we all do our business. But to your point, like you did, you jumped into this deal like, you know, like a crazy man. No two ways about it. But God, I can't even imagine what, I mean, talk about a shit show. It would be crazy. I, I think it would have been just nuts based on the scale of this world and as much stuff moves left and right, up and down, everything else. I think it would have just been crazy. Absolutely. I think it would. I want to talk a little bit about UNFI more in detail because I, I, you know, I think some of what you all do as, as a company is worth noting and worth talking about and worth uplifting because I think not only does it raise, raise awareness about a company at $30 billion can do some big things to make changes in the world. But I also think hopefully it's a motivator for those who are thinking about ways that they can have an impact, whether environmentally, socially, whatever it might be. So one of the things that you talk about, it's behind me up on the, on the screen is, you know, better food, better future and better for all. Um, tell me a little bit about what that means specifically to you now that you've been there and kind of get a chance to absorb that, but you know, as well as what it means to UNFI. Yeah. Um, you know, that's part of the way you could accept a job, uh, not having met people when their tagline says better food, better future. Um, that's something I can sign up for Todd, um, enthusiastically and to move towards, um, and sleep well at night. And what's really cool is it does permeate, permeate throughout the whole organization. And so when that's what your leaders are saying to do, um, and, and that's what I firmly believe in. We're talking with all of our associates that we want to make decisions that are, are, are good for the organization, but really that are about building a better food and better future. And there's no better way to do that than providing fresh fruits and vegetable for America at great value. And, and so that's really, really cool. Now, of course, then, then there's this whole environmental side and it's really fun, the stuff that UNFI is doing. You know, we're, we're supporting different organizations um, for equitable food distribution. Uh, we're supporting insane sustainability and our buyers. That is absolutely part of the conversation. And so our conversations are typical buy sell about quantity and quality and, and volumes. But uh, intertwined in that, just part of our DNA is talking about uh, what that means for the environment. As we already talked about earlier, UNFI completely over-index in organics. Organics represents um, between 12 and 13% of all produce sold at retail in the United States. And UNFI produce would be more than double that. So we absolutely are on that high end 
um, and, uh, and and will continue to support organic growers and consumers in the United States. Well, do you think that commitment, though, that, that they had that you walked into? I mean, you know, what has that taught you a little bit about the business itself? And even even going as far as to say the natural foods business as a whole, right? Because it is a little bit different than a lot of folks, right? And even even coming from Walmart, it's a little bit different perspective on things. What have you learned from it? You know, I, I think probably the biggest thing is that Unify is a $30 billion company. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things, Todd, is it just shows flat out that being good to the environment isn't mutually exclusive with being great business. Unify has been on this amazing role that it right. has just grown and grown. Uh, we just announced our results. We continue to grow, you know, produce. Um, we, we've said publicly that we've been taking share. How cool is that? When your mission is tied to sustainability, um, doing the right thing, and you continue to grow faster than the industry and we're taking share. To me, that's what's been really cool is that they're not mutually exclusive. And uh, I, I also think more so with younger generations is we are attracting great talent. Mm-hmm. And I think talent today more than ever wants to look at the whole package and, um, and, and the environment and doing things that are right and doing things that are building for a better sustainable environment are absolutely top of mind amongst those uh, new new higher generation. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a big part of it's a, what companies are about or as important in the hiring process as what really companies do, right? What they believe in. There's people that want to align. Look, we want to align with our morals and values. We want to go someplace that we know that we're winning for what's building up inside of it. I think it's tremendously important. And I think it, it, you know, it also brings a level of commitment uh, somebody that's devoted to what you're doing, that's about the bigger mission and all that. It's really powerful. Is there anything that you've that you've come across that UNFI is doing that kind of stands out to you? That's kind of like, all right, this is super cool. Like, I dig this project. You know, there's macro projects and there's micro. One of them is the yeah. one behind you, the solar powered trucks. You know, that's yeah. pretty cool. It's a small number of, of, of fleet. But, um, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that... Uh, we're all driving electric cars today and we wouldn't have guessed that 10 years ago. And no. so while that solar powered truck may be kind of an early adapter, um, there's no doubt in my mind that that is where things are going. And it's cool to see UNFI lean in um, on a macro basis. On a micro basis, Todd, there's nothing better than visiting farms. You know, like yeah. the coolest part of our jobs is to be able to go and meet with the, the, the growers and the owners. And, and when I say owners, the other cool thing about produce is frequently our suppliers are not big corporations. They tend to still be owner operated, sometimes second, third generation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was in Peru uh, just um, a few weeks ago and it was super cool to visit a large organization that was producing avocados and they built a wastewater treatment plant for the small town, for the village that borders their farm. And uh, it didn't exist. And so they are recycling the water that would have gone off as waste and using it for agricultural water um, and creating jobs, creating fresh produce, really cool stuff. And and that's just one example. You know, every time I visit farms, you see that farmers are the original sustainable people. Because if you own your ground, there's nothing more valuable than that piece of ground. And um, in particular, over the last several years, people are, are, are much more cognizant of it. And whether they're organic or conventional, they're absolutely looking about how are you a good steward of that land. 
100% agree with that. Talk to me a little bit about something I know that touches your heart and that you've been a part of, and, and I, I've got to call it out because we've got to give it some props. Talk about the Amigos organization, if you wouldn't mind. Um, you know, part of the way I got into the produce business is because um, I was a Spanish speaker. My first job on my 24th birthday was Chiquita Bananas. And I got a job with Chiquita Bananas partially because I was bilingual and I had lived and worked all my summers in Central America. And I did that not as a job, but through a nonprofit organization, an NGO, and it's called Amigos de las Americas. And when I was 16 years old, I uh, left the country for the first time. I, I grew up in Ohio. I was born in Akron, Ohio. In, in the 60s, there weren't a lot of uh, internationalism going on in Akron, Ohio in the 60s. We pretty much um, had Firestone Country Club and uh, <laughs> went out the, the steak joint down the street. That was about it, right? Absolutely. And, 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 yeah. and I had the, uh, just by chance, um, took part in an organization called Amigos de las Americas, and I spent uh, my summers all through high school and university, working in small rural villages without electricity and now running water, doing community development projects. And it absolutely changed my life. It made me a better person. Uh, it taught me Spanish. It gave me a love for the uh, Latin culture. And I've spent a large part of my life living and working, most recently even in, in, in Mexico. And since then, Todd, you know, um, we're fortunate to have the jobs that we're in. Not only because it's in fresh produce. Uh, and so I give back. I have been active on the board of directors, the board of trustees, and I continue to support uh, Amigos is over 50 years and sends um, young volunteers from around the United States who work in rural villages throughout Latin America during their summer holidays. And I continue to give back whenever I can. So thank you for asking, Doug. Yeah, no, I have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a great organization. It's a great cause. And I think that when you, you look at ways to try to help today's youth have a bigger perspective on our global community, this is one way of doing it. This is one way of, of planting that seed that to your point, you're still giving back on something that touched you. Well, I don't want to date you, I'll say two weeks ago. But anyways, you know, but, but you're giving back because you see the value in it. And it's so important that, that as we mentor, which really is a nice way of saying be friends, right? Is that we start to look at these things and the ways that we can do things to try to help Again, the youth with that get that perspective about being that global citizen. So I commend you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for doing it. Keep going. And it's a great organization. People check it out. It's worthwhile, without a doubt. Talk to me a little bit. Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things that you're up to um, at UNFI, specifically you know, an area that is really taken off. I mean, if you take a look at how much venture capital money has been thrown around at ag technology over the past you know, few years, it's a staggering, it's a staggering dollar amount. So how much are you watching ag technology these days? Uh, I am super close. So for the last 20 years, I've been walking greenhouses, whether it was in Holland or Israel or um, in Belgium, and, and then watching it explode here in Leamington all the way down to, to Mexico. And then yeah. watching that technology move from greenhouses to vertical farming, to indoor farming, to containerized farming, you know, it, it started weirdly kind of slower. But as you just said, over the last 24 months, um, the amount of capital being put into this, there's probably at least a dozen companies that are exploding. And, and I would say number one is a consumer. So over the last two months, I've probably visited uh, two um, CEA or controlled environment agricultural farms. And mm -hmm. the amazing thing about it is the quality of the product is great. One, because it's not grown outdoors, so you're, you're not subject to rain, humidity, excess sun, drought, whatever. And two, is it's being produced 
whether it's right in your backyard or whether it's a little bit farther away, this local or regional piece is they are growing world-class lettuces, microgreen salads all over the East Coast. Product that is being harvested probably two days before it's in the consumer's hands versus seven days. Um, You know, there's nothing better than Mother Nature. Um, You know, Mother Nature is your your best factory. Um, For sure. But as pressure on water, pressure on transportation, um, cost of moving loads, um, I, I believe the, the money is happening because there is a convergence of focus on freshness and quality and focus on transportation. That to me, Todd, there is no future that doesn't include CEA. Mm-hmm. And so I'm staying very close to it in making sure that we understand. Uh, so we have multiple suppliers who supply us and, and we'll continue to see that segment grow. Yeah, I don't, I, I absolutely 100% agree. I think it's going to be interesting. And, and you made a really good statement. I want to come back around on a little bit. You know, it, it's really important, I think, in this space to remember that we're working with Mother Nature, not being Mother Nature. And if we, as long as we stick to the first one and not the second one, I think that that continues to be a super positive trajectory for us. And, and look, you know, to your point, you, you're going to start to see a lot of things coming out of Virginia that are going to service DC. You're going to see a lot of things coming out of the Carolinas that are going to service Carolinas, whether it's salads to your point, berries, who knows? I mean, you've got, you got cherries under glass now up in the Pacific Northwest. You've got melons coming. I mean, a lot of things are going to change. And it's hard to argue with the things to our point earlier about some of the environmental issues we're struggling with. This is a valid conversation that we need to embrace and better understand. And I hope that we continue to do so. I hope the organic community continues to do so because I'm a big believer that uh, with 9.5 billion people coming, it'd be really cool if our motivation was to feed all of them organic food. It'd be a little tough to do today where we're heading, but we could still try. At least we have a goal, right? Absolutely. I love it. Let's talk a little bit from your perspective too, because I, I think this is really unique um, series of questions I want to throw at you because of uh, the amount of people that you're dealing with. Again, you're not singularly focused on a specific retailer. Talk to me a little bit about some of the consumption trends that you're, you guys have been seeing maybe coming out of COVID over the last few months, whatever it might be, but talk to me a little bit about some of that. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, first COVID, COVID um, everyone knows was great, was good for retail sales. Um, produce tended to do even better. Um, yeah. We all know that there was this two year period where there was um, uh, poor service levels, poor fill rates. There was um, randomly things out on the shelves and that was due to weird supply chain issues. Well, the interesting thing is Mother Nature kept working, you know, so those fields kept going all through COVID. And yeah. it's cool. Pro, the service levels in produce during the two years during the COVID experience were better than center store. And so uh, in the center store, you would see all these outs. And in produce, it was tended to be much, much better. And weirdly, the outs tended to be more things produced that because of a package or a clamshell, or a bottle, or something. And so generally, overall, the produce, uh, COVID was good for retail sales. Um, Within those retail sales, produce did actually really, really well. And there was an increased focus on um, health. So so that was good. Um, As you look at organics, organics have been on this roll, Todd. 
you know, the last 10 years, organic produce continues to grow faster than conventional produce. If you look at just the last five years, POS data at retail, organic produce has been growing three percentage points. So 300 basis points faster than wherever conventional produce was. And that's right. just been going. I believe that trend is just going to keep going. And uh, we've got at least a good five-year run. Now, there's a caveat there. Um, inflation. Yeah, so, that's my next I was going to throw that at you. So go for it. That was my next T-ball for you. Inflation changed that equation. So that that organic feeding conventional, this long-term trend that has been and will continue uh, has a blip. And that blip happened in March. And so in March, it actually switched for the first time in over five years where conventional is growing faster than organics. Um, And so while long-term, medium-term, there's no doubt organics have great growth. Um, the inflation, it it was strong last year. It it went up from January through March, uh, but then most retailers and on a national level, the macro data, you started to see units drop um, somewhere between February and March. And so right now the produce industry continues to have growth in absolute dollar terms, but unfortunately those dollar terms are coming all through inflation and units are actually down. And that is exactly at the reflection point where you saw conventional overtake organics for the first time in years. And what you see overall, Todd, is that the consumer, the inflation is strong enough that the consumer is actually having to make choices. And um, the produce industry has done this nice job of bringing down the premium of organics historically. But now as all the cost goes up, you're seeing consumers with a limited budget say, hey, I'm struggling to buy my groceries and they're trading down. And so you're seeing that not just on organics, but um, what's working well are hitting good price points, um, looking at OPP, the opening price point, um, kind of focusing on value. Um, Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's not always the lowest price point, but it's the best value. You're seeing some product where um, you kind of have it in a bag and it's at a better cost per pound. Mm -hmm. Um, Those products tend to be doing well. Uh, You see a little bit of trading down. um, And uh, so the organics have taken a little blip in that. You know, I I see that as a short, medium term. One has to Mm -hmm. be cognizant and think about how they're kind of changing through their margin, their mix, their their, um, catalog. Uh, I, I think that is going to be the reality for the next six to 18 months. Yeah. Um, but the consumer has already said organics is a important part of their basket. And part of our trick is to, to help them get through this period of inflation. Um, and then it'll just keep rolling. Yeah. I, very, very well said. And a couple of points I want to touch on a little bit, you know, you look at the positivity that produce saw itself during COVID, right? People eating more at home, people starting to look at their health, trying to realize some of the symptoms, some of the things were happening, the comorbidities, this and that, making positive changes. And yes, this downturn economy is definitely not helping anybody in uh, in a multiplicity of industries, no two ways about it. But one of the things that I keep trying to stress, I think it's important to remember is that produce itself, natural foods, all saw a really great run on people trying to make conscientious choices about their health. And I think that we've got to, as an industry in some ways, not put so much energy in promoting, you know, X brand, but the concept of eating more fresh fruits and vegetables, 
ultimately is going to be in your better long-term interest. We need to keep that conversation rolling for people as they are trading down, because to your point, um, you know, I still want them to buy zucchini, right? I'll, re- I'll reconvince them to buy the organic ones, you know, when I can, when they can, but we don't want them to stop eating that. That's the thing that really concerns me that you start to see in these downturn economies. And the data supports it from back in 2008, that fruit and vegetable, fresh fruit and vegetable sales declined. And that's not good for us right now. That's the, that's the narrative that we've, we've, we got this great boost from that I don't want to see us lose. So I think it's really important that we lean into that without a doubt. It's going to be tremendously important. Yeah, I would think. What do you, you know, when you think about what's coming up this holiday season, right? Given the fact we're talking about this economy and 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 whatnot, what what do you think? And people are going to be doing this year. Do you think it's going to be sweet potatoes for you know and yams for Thanksgiving? Do you think people are going to be buying them in a can? I mean, what, what's your what are you guys you know looking around when you think about consumption for the holidays? Uh, so we're bullish on fresh produce. Um, I think the the eat at, eat at home holiday experience is going to be big. Um, you know, we're, we're still coming off of COVID and there's lots of people who miss those huge family celebrations um, and get togethers and they are going to they are going to be alive and well, just like we saw it um, this this summer on activities. So I think the the eat at home with family is going to be bigger than it was a year ago. Um, I wow. Think- I think it's going to have the inflationary piece tied into it, though, where you've got this nuance. Um, of course, we're on the tails of this historic potato inflation. Crazy. The stars aligned um, and we had crazy potato inflation. But of course, everything's inflated. Uh, once again, I'm looking towards um, value value um, packs. I'm looking, uh, I, I think there's a lot of value in taking kind of um, in bags um, or in a larger pack uh, mm-hmm. where the consumer is getting value by by kind of buying a little bit more. I absolutely think there's a little bit of trade down um, uh, on those high price points. I think you're going to see them moving to a little bit smaller smaller packages, um, you know, to, to hide from these big rings. Um, yeah. but I, I would say that the, the staples are going to be, um, just as good as always. You know, I, I, we're in, I wouldn't back down on cranberries, potatoes, um, yams, uh, green beans, etc. Um, we, we think that it's going to be a good holiday season, um, in spite of inflation. Yeah, well, you're, you know, even going to my local grocery store, we're seeing some of that trade down. You're seeing, you know, uh, bagged apples, not loose apples anymore, right? Because you're getting the, you're getting the tonnage and the price point. It's obviously working. I'm, you know, it, it's not ideal, um, but it's also making sure that we're getting the fruits and vegetables back in people's hands. And, you know, that's what we've got to do. It's what we've got to do because that's my big shtick that I get on is like, God, let's not lose any consumption momentum. Let's at least keep getting them to eat fresh fruit and veg, right? And again, we can reconvince them to go back down the organic trail, but at least we've got them going to that because it's so important. Do you guys have any specific plans that you guys are you know, excited about for the holidays to drive consumption? And do you have any, I mean, obviously you guys are going to be looking at value and trying to find alternatives to put in front of people, but do you have anything that you're really kind of stoked about that you, you want to share? Yeah, we've been rolling out, sticking to organics, rolling out our private label wild harvest organics. Um, and what's really cool about that, Todd, is we're buying them directly from the growers. And um, so we're leveraging our supply base of export expert sourcers. And we've been launching Wild Harvest organic products. And um, what's really fun about it 
is because we're buying directly from the grower, we are taking cost out. So many of these new launches, we're actually selling the organics cheaper than we were before. And even more importantly, we're, we're taking a day to two days out of the supply chain and getting them faster. Um, just give you a simple example. So we, we launched um, Wild Harvest Organic Bananas. And uh, they're with um, a grower who I've known for years, Pablo Almeida. He grows in Mexico and it's in the Wild Harvest uh, label. Because it's not going through intermediaries, we're selling it at a lower cost than the multinationals. And also we're going directly from his farm to our McAllen cross dock, from the cross dock to our DCs to the stores. You physically could not move the bananas from his farm to the retail stores any faster. So it's pretty cool. We're cutting out um, days of the supply chain, giving days of freshness back to the consumer at lower value. And that is, that's where you really hit it, you know? And right. um, so Todd, there's nothing more noble than selling fruits and vegetables to, to American public right now. And if you can make them last longer and add a lower value in today's inflationary piece. So over the next several months, uh, you will absolutely see literally dozens of product launches of wild harvest organic produce that is going to be that's awesome directly in over the coming months you're right you can't do it much faster unless like you know elon bores a hole or something and you just shoot it underground like he wants to do everything maybe i don't know but nonetheless i mean that's that's a, that's a big endeavor yeah no, that's a big endeavor what's what about coming up in 2023 let's you know prognosticate a little bit and see what you think i mean you know, we talked a little bit about the inflation you're kind of in the same boat i am it's not going to go away tomorrow but it will you know it should as it has in the past it should cycle itself out to at least back to some level of sanity um what do we got to look forward to in 2023 you got some tidbits you want to throw at us thanks for joining the todd versation and now a word from our sponsor Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% .9 of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. I, I just think um, I'm bullish on, on produce. You know, one of the things, um, since we were kids, we always knew broccoli was healthy. You know, you don't have to tell mom that broccoli is healthy. One thing that COVID did is it made the individual consumer more connected to how eating healthy could impact the quality of their life immediately. And uh, we saw in COVID that, most people who had the adverse effects had other conditions, obesity being one of them. And there was a, absolutely a focus on a national level, on a macro sense, that people need to eat more healthy. And of course, the consumer knows. You, mom taught us, right? Eat, eat right. broccoli because it's good for you. So we already knew what to do, but we weren't actually doing it. 
And so you're seeing um, uh, consumption of, of fresh produce um, increasing. Uh, really proud to see that um, in September at the White House, they held a uh, summit for nutrition. Yeah. Um, that, that hadn't been done since the time of Reagan, which is pretty cool. It's nice to see, um, you know, that the national government has its own sets of issues um, and lots of stuff to solve. But any contribution to having America eat more healthy um, mm-hmm. is a good thing, no matter what it is, even if it's tied to whatever. And um, so I, I was excited to see that happen from a national level at the White House. And I think that um, as independent companies, you see all of us leaning in more and more towards produce. Uh, As as retailers, what is differentiating retailers is winning around the fresh perimeter. And of course, produce is that first department when you walk into the door. Um, I'm I'm bullish on the focus of produce uh, for the next three to five years. I think as retail continues to move more towards e-commerce, that only helps the focus on uh, the fresh perimeter and produce being the the one thing front and center. Um, You know, I I have literally visited retailers and and growers in over 100 countries around the world, Todd. And um, no matter what, Produce is one of the few areas that actually creates excitement, has mm-hmm. color, changes from time to time, and is the possibility to differentiate, not only for the highest end customers, but even for price sensitive. I was in some stores recently in California that uh, lower socioeconomic stores, but the produce department pops. It's beautiful, you know? Yeah. So um, it, it, it doesn't have to be only the highest end of these high-end retailers of expensive ones is you're seeing retailers across the gamut differentiating themselves on a different value proposition on the costs, but but produce is only going to increase in importance along that way. 100% agree. I have shared that I was down with my family at Disneyland. And we were in the adventure, whatever it's called, Avengers Campus, where they have, you know, Tony Stark, whatever the hell all that crap is. Anyways, one of the characters was up on stage doing it, saying, and he called this little girl out. I kid you not. It's so ironic you told the story. Calls this little girl out. This adorable. She's probably six years old. She walks up in front of hundreds of people. She's terrified, scared to death. Here's this character in front of her. And the character asks her, says, where do you get your strength from, little girl? And the girl answers from broccoli. I kid you exactly. not. I was like, what did she just say? And it was like, she said broccoli. It's like, oh, it's my hero right there. Way to go, mom and dad. But you're right. You make a really good point that we need to continue these conversations around the importance of fruits and vegetables, why it needs to be a part of our diet, why it makes a difference and keep these conversations rolling. And, and you know, the other thing you talked about going into different levels of retail, fruits and vegetables is the one part of the grocery store you can actually experience with your hands. Right. You're not going to go grab a ribeye and say, oh, let me squeeze that. Or you can smell a peach. You can pick your tomatoes. You can decide what color banana you want. All those things matter. That ex- that experience that we create, and you touched on it earlier about creating that experience at retail, those experiences are so powerful and we need to lean into them, especially in a downturn economy, because I think that little effort that we put out is going to reap rewards back when people go, yes, that's right, zucchini, we want to have it, blueberries, we want to have it because we need it in our diets. So it's tremendously important. Very well said. Thank you. I love it, dude. This is a blast. Thank you Good for hanging out fun. with me. No, this thanks. This was super fun. I'm glad you, you know, we, we, we hooked up. We made the time to do it together and get you on the broadcast. And let people hear your message because I think, uh, you know, what you share is incredibly important for people to think about, to ponder, to look at, to reflect upon, and, and to recognize that 
we're not going anywhere. We got to feed all these people. We got to continue to do it with intelligence. We got to continue to do it with grace. We have to continue doing it in with things that are going to make a better difference to our planet overall. And fruits and vegetables are certainly that. There's no two ways about it. Thanks a lot, Todd. Look forward um, uh, to being back on the show maybe sometime next year. You're on, dude. Done. I, you're inked. You're always welcome back. You know that. And I'd love to have you. Dude, what can I say, everybody? Doran was here. He dropped some wisdom. I hope you caught it. Took your notes. Write it down. Listen twice. Make sure you go back and think things through that he threw out at you. Because there's a lot of really valid things that were talked about today that I think can make a difference in your business, your retail business, and even in your family's lives. So lean into it a little bit. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all of you that participate on our platforms. It is an honor to be able to do this. And we appreciate you all very much. Check us out on social media, TLC underscore Todd Versations. Like I always say, we're on social media because that's where the cool kids are. Thanks for listening. We will see you soon. Take care. Remember, go inspire somebody like Dorn inspired me today. It's really easy to do and you'll make a difference. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.